Hello. 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 I'm Tony. And I'm Tally. And we, we are, are the Lazy Book Lovers. Because of your Tally this episode. Oh. <laughs> that's the personality you're wearing today. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Tally's a different person. <laughs> <laughs> I should have gone with Tally for the last one. Mm. If you didn't tune in to last week, we did some smart talk books. Yeah, go I was not very is. professional, so I don't know why I went with my professional name last week. <laughs> I um, I had to send my blog to someone, and um, I was like, just an FYI, this is not a professional blog. This is I was a like, blog. Yeah. Just a stream of my consciousness. <laughs> I was like, I forget strangers read this. <laughs> uh, I like that. Um. And then with like the podcast where I've been talking about it to people at work and they're like, oh, I'm going to listen. I was like, okay. I'm, no, but, but, I'm, yeah, but I'm super unfiltered though. Yeah. And I need you to just be fine with that. <laughs> I um, mentioned my podcast a few times to people. No one ever really shows any interest, which is fine because I don't actually know anyone who listens to it. But then one of the mums that I really get along with at school was like, Oh, what's it called? I'll check it out. And I was like, oh, shit. But I talked about... But Schoolgate, Natalie, is not the same as podcast, Natalie. I, I talk about monster erotica. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, so the thing is, because because of talking about the podcast and, obviously, like, discovering Akatar and all of them, and then Brad kind of mentioned it offhand to, like, a couple of women that I work with, then, like, seven gathered round, and they were like, you've read it. You've read Agatha. Have you read this yet? And then, like, and then now it's really nice, because, like, they're not people I work directly with, but if they're in the office, they'll come past me, and they're like, I've read this this, this week. Oh, and, like, I just really like perhaps that. Perhaps they don't have anyone they can really yeah. talk to about, so it's always nice to find someone. That you yeah, know, and they yeah. just they kind of just drive by and, like, tell me what they've read, and oh, just walk like up, that. and I'm like, yeah! I like that. You should do, like, a, a work book club Although you'd never finished the book. Yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, I'm not disciplined enough in my reading habits. When I was on social committee, I did try and start one in the pandemic, but I have absolutely no follow through. They were like, oh, write a proposal. And I was like, I did not sign up to write a You're fucking like, proposal. Nah, nah, nah. No. We just do a little vote and we read the book. Just make a Teams channel where we all post about a book. Like, that's, that's what yeah. I wanted from you. The you are making is way too fresh. Right I don't want to write I'm a proposal done. for like a book club. Like, oh. Like, then, then it feels like it's a work thing. Oh, to be fair, like we do have the kind of company where they might have paid for the books if it was part of social, like oh, social stuff. So. Maybe you should do a proposal. <laughs> not too late. I'm not on the social committee anymore because oh. I was like, not. I'm not gonna lie. Social. No, I just wasn't pulling my weight at all, and I was like, guys, I'm not gonna come back. No. <laughs> I can never be bothered to do it with stuff like, oh, we packed all these packages for the Christmas thing, and I'm like. I'm not. Nah, that sounds good. I'm not coming you, to Royston for that. <laughs> no, that like I considered going on like the mm. parent teacher whatever mm. association thing at the school, and then I was like, <sighs> then you have to interact with humans, yeah, and help with fundraisers. Mm. And... No, no, no. Like I, I'm, I'm down with the idea of making a school a better place with the children, mm-hmm. but I was more meaning I just stick my nose into what they're teaching the kids rather than <laughs> 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 yeah, 
didn't sign up to do penance <laughs> at the same no, time. I want to be like, I have no qualifications. I'm not a teacher. I know better than the government. And this is what we should <laughs> yeah. teach the children. Although, to the be teachers fair, know better than the government. The government just doesn't listen. <laughs> the way the government, they're educated. Oh, mm. and their new bill that, no, we're not going to discuss that. But it's made me very angry and mm. made me obviously very keen on education right moving on right right before uh, we start to we rant. have we actually haven't ranted much lately but anyway um, we have a fan on it's hot yeah we have a window open with wind chimes that's your warning if you hear those noises yeah <laughs> it, it's hot she's growing human i am um, i mean let me check the turtle let's find out what temperature it is on the turtle let's check the temperature turtle what you say turtle so in my room right now it is uh 25 degrees which is why we're Mm, that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. That is eleven over what my comfortable degrees is. Oh I can do the Fahrenheit because we have lots of we do have a lot of American listeners. There is a Fahrenheit on here. Uh about seventy. Outside feels like twenty eight degrees apparently. Yep. So yeah, the other day, on the day of the heat wave in the UK, my room inside it was thirty three degrees. And that's when I was in that big meeting. Sweating. So I was like, I was literally on camera because I was presenting for three hours. <laughs> and I was like, and I couldn't have a fan on because I couldn't hear. No. Yeah, no, it was. No. I was like, guys, I know you're like half the team that I'm speaking to are in Vietnam, but I'm sat there like, guys, I'm struggling. Yeah. <laughs> They're in Vietnam in a, a air conditioned office. In a very different type of humidity mm. and the country that's genetically built. Of- for- are prepared for that weather mm-hmm. if they're from Vietnam. I mean I'm quite good with the heat mm-hmm. I think whatever genetics I have like I can sit and be in the sun a lot longer than a lot of my friends because we went camping the other weekend and we had a we had a sun umbrella and all of my friends are crowded around half the table so they're all in the shade and I was like well we can't all fit in the shade so I was the token person burning the whole day <laughs> Of course. <laughs> but I would have nice been the person tan. at home. Or the person yeah. in the tent reading. Yeah, I wasn't... I was convinced to go camping. <laughs> I've signed up to do a more longer camping when trip, When I you know. saw, like, the Instagram pictures, yeah. and I was like, Tony, camping, that yeah, doesn't seem right. I was right. convinced. Mm. Actually... It was more just, like, I was thinking, like, mm. my hips and knees would not let me lay on the, on the floor in a tent. Like, how are you doing that? So, first thing I did was, so I had a camping chair that we sat in, mm-hmm. but, you know, I like to have my feet propped, mm-hmm. I just, I bought the world, the world pillow, mm-hmm. and had my feet on that, oh, okay. biggest difference, like, I don't know what that does to the hips and the back, yeah, um, maybe, yeah. well, because I've got the, the dodgy cankles, I think just elevating them helps, yeah. that's the first thing I did, best thing I did, really helpful, mm-hmm. and then, like, if I was lying on the ground, I could have a bit of me propped as well. So it was good. And then the airbed wasn't great, but for the when for the when we're gonna do a longer one, I my friend suggested something a bit better. Yeah. That I'm gonna try. But it's three nights. So if it's terrible, it's not it's not that long. You know it's just it's a cheap holiday with my friends, so Yeah. My son really wants to go camping Mm. and obviously before I was pregnant I was like, We can do that and his dad was like Oh god, yeah, he does like real problems with his back though. Yeah. In in particular. That's what happens when you're tall. Yeah. Because you grow so fast, 
your ligaments and joints yeah because all of my exes have been tall mm. so i'm well versed in the fact that this is a thing that yeah. happens to tall people because like when they're like 14 15 they suddenly shoot up mm. and then they just have really weak ligaments and because they don't know to strengthen them yeah. or do anything about them they're just fucked when they become adults should be tall yeah there's a lot of things yeah oh wow so like my son gets growing pains Ooh. now and really horrible ones and it's even and i got them and i never really grew <laughs> well i had hip problems mm. and i went to doctors a few times when i was like very young in my teenage life and um they were like it's growing pains i still get it now so it's not growing pains yeah like the physio said to me it's so the way i was sitting because i used to like i used to sit in like such a tight squished yeah. ball there he was like your your hips are always in tension and like that tension obviously pulls your spine it pulls like other things yeah. and he's like you've been pulling this like this for years now yeah um, well since i i went to see a the osteopath yeah and i mentioned it to them and they were like it's because of how you used to sit as mm-hmm. a child and also because your back's fucked and has been like your entire yeah. life and I was like, that makes a lot of sense all those doctors i saw were fucking mm-hmm. charlatans mm-hmm. growing pains you'll it'll stop eventually no mate <laughs> you should have picked up then that it was my back when stuff could have been done about it yeah i so I, I think that's one of the things that i will always say if you have the money to be able to go private which is a privilege i would like I went because it go, just fixes it so much quicker i went to go and but see it is a, a yeah. shropodist they called the ones that look after your feet i think so about um because i used to be embarrassed by this but now i've just realized it's just part of my, my big toenails don't grow properly mm. so i went to a shropodist to see if anything could be done and he was like it's because of your back your hips aren't sitting yeah. right so your feet aren't sitting right so your nails are all fucked you said there's nothing that can be done about it now and i was like so because all the times i went to doctors and mm-hmm. they never picked up on my back my entire body has been fucked my entire life mm-hmm. thanks like that's why i try and whenever my friends have like small injuries i'm like take this seriously and mm. fix it now because the knock-on effect i just could not appreciate it because if you think before i had this trapped nerve like that's healed almost now that i've had been struggling with the last couple of years before that like i had been to physio for like the whiplash injury and the ankle injuries and they were like basically fixed mm. like my fitness was really great I didn't need to go to physiolate, like I was not in pain, blah blah blah. Like I was at neutral. Yeah. And then because these old problems were just hanging around and things aren't quite right, then suddenly just strangle her hold on like a nerve in my back, yeah. which like transformed my body's, body's ability to do things for years. <laughs> like where I've been going swimming again, I realised that I'd like my left foot is just like doesn't respond quickly. So I have like a sad little like Nemo flipper where it's like, that. Well, like you hadn't noticed. Um, when I'm swimming, I'm having to concentrate yeah. to make the left leg do things. That's crazy. So like at least it's it's communicating now, but like I have to think about it, which is like really weird to have to think about one side of your body like to make it move. Yeah. Um, which like, I haven't realised that I'm going swimming again. That's another reason I want to keep going. Yeah. When I was at uni and I twisted my mm. ankle and I went to doctors and they were like, "No, it's fine." And I wish I'd pushed it, but I was like, okay, that's fine, i like, just pop it up. Mm. And then um, I get, so, uh, the smallest thing will knock that ankle out mm-hmm. now. And do you remember when I was on, when I moved to Malta, I was on crutches? Yeah. Because I was playing Pokemon Go, <laughs> and I slipped off 
I slipped off a thing in the park <laughs> such and a then fucked my ankle, and then I had to move yeah. on a plane in bloody crutches. Yeah. Like, I've sprained both my ankles multiple times because of playing netball, but mm. there was clearly a inherent weakness with my ankles yeah. that was just never addressed until now, where I've been working with this PT and the entire focus has been on strength. Yeah. And obviously, when I turned my ankle at my friend's wedding, that would have been, uh, you think if that happened a year, a year you ago, have been able to ignore it, would that you? would have been so serious. Whereas I pretty much have bounced back from it. It's just like a bit sensitive if I'm really active. Yeah. But like my normal levels of activity is when it's sensitive. So um, like if I ever like yesterday when I went swimming and I'm like walking around for a bit and it's hot and I was busy. <laughs> and then it was like puffy. But yeah. So anyway. That was okay. a nice 30 minute tangent. Oh God. <laughs> Oopsie daisies. But anyway, boys and girls around the world, if something hurts, fix it. Don't just ignore it. Because <laughs> it's bad, especially if it's your back. Oh my God. Back problems. Get them fixed. End of my story. End of story. Yeah, because we weren't designed to do structure. as much sitting as we yeah. should. Well, that's why I got the standing desk. Yeah. That's also made a huge difference. I'd love to get one of those walking under desk pads. That's my next thing, but I'd have to save up so much for that. I'd love that. And sleep with a cushion between your knees. Yeah. You will not realise how much that makes Mm -hmm. a difference to your hips until you start doing it. Mm -hmm. And that, but yeah, when I got the body pillow, which is like just a big long pillow. Yeah. It's not a pregnancy pillow. Basically, yeah. But I'm fine with it because. The different, but now it's like if I go somewhere else, I can't sleep without my legs, like something propped, and like so it has made that is now an issue. Yeah, that I have to get something. I under always my feet. have to have something between my knees. Yeah, and like obviously now I need something between my knees and under the bump. But yeah, my back arches a lot. Like when I just lie flat, I don't lie flat. My back arches quite like naturally. I can't. And lay that flat really hurts. My bum. Yeah, it's it's literally my yeah. bum. Yeah, my back arches. The only way I can lay flat with my back mm. is if I have my knees up like knees up yeah yeah because I was doing this with my PT we're still tangenting um, <laughs> we haven't even told you we the were, topic like, stop and then we just carry on yeah so I was doing this with my PT and I was doing like a thing where I lie flat on the weight bench and then I was like doing like a chest thingy yeah I was like the arch in my back is so uncomfortable and he was like oh you should have said put your knees on the bench and I was like I have not been able to do this exercise every time I have tried it in the gym because it hurts so yeah. much because my back is arched. And all I had to do was... You know when someone says something really obvious, you're like, like, oh, ah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> like, every time I'm, I'm like... Dumbass. I was like, this hurts. And he's like, try it this way. And I'm like... Sorcery. Oh, all right. Yeah, so that is why he's definitely worth the money. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Like, I keep telling him, I was like, do you know how often I'm recommending you? And he was like, well... You need to let me... If, like, when they actually come to me, you need to, like, yeah, get discount. Anyway. Uh, so Can he do um, post-pregnancy? He works with a lot of women, and he does a lot of injury recovery and, like... So, and he used to do... You know the, the gym in our town centre? They have, like, the... A referral from the GP service. He was the trainer that used to do those referral exercises. Okay. I might be interested... Because I've, I've, unless I have an emergency C-section, mm. I've decided I'm going to start getting my body back to strength at the end of October. That gives me two yeah. months after giving birth, mm-hmm. during which I'll probably be doing walks with babies. So I think that 
that'll be a good time to start thinking about the future. Yeah. Because it's going to be last baby. Yeah. So I was like, I need to sort my body out now before it, I'm crippled at Before you're also running around like two toddlers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, back it's into right. the topic. Okay, <laughs> so today. <laughs> it's yeah, I, it's on brand. You're fine with it. It's our body ways. <sighs> Just being a millennial hovering around the 30 mark. <laughs> Either before or after it. Mm-hmm. We hot. We are hovering. I feel like I'm forty. Like I feel like I'm hovering at forty, but I'm not. But I mm-hmm. feel like I, I am. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. <sighs> it's hot in here. <laughs> <sighs> so today, I thought we could do something a bit different because we're always talking about books and stuff like that. That oh. is our brand. That is the entire point of this podcast. <laughs> However, I thought it'd be cool if we look a bit of like basically theory behind narrative structure and like okay. how stories are built and why they're built that way and how a lot of authors will follow this and not realize they're following this for anyone wondering i had i this is the first like tony's tony's story this all out so this is all new for me as well i'm very excited yeah so i did i did do some of this at uni but i don't remember <laughs> i don't remember it and i don't remember finding it as interesting as i just found it going to look at it i think i'm just stubborn <laughs> Like when someone told me to learn this, taught at uni, you were like, yeah, yeah, I'm not learning this. This yeah. is just annoying. But also, I think like perhaps now we talk about books a lot more. Obviously, you read as mm. much as you well, probably you read less than you've read before. But and you're you're taking your writing a bit more seriously. So yeah. you're probably looking at stuff a lot different then. Yeah, because now you write for a job as well. Yeah, and also it's looking at it from very much like. When back then, there was almost like, again, this is an imposter syndrome thing of like, well, like that's, that's, looks too hard. Yeah. Like when you look at these, like, oh, that's some what, of these have got that's diagrams. What real do. Yeah, this looks too hard. I'm not doing that. I'm not yeah. good enough. It's come out. That was like the kind of thing of like, I'm just going to run away from this yeah. because, and it's ridiculous. I'm just going to be like, Because I'm not good enough to do this. <laughs> yep. So. I don't tell me. Anyway, okay. So this is narrative structure. I'm on. I'm starting with the masterclass site, which is the one you know that comes up in ads all the time, or maybe just me. So it's it's writing masterclass. You can like pay for it, but they have lots of free stuff on there. So if you are a budding writer or just interested in a lot of like the theories behind I've been doing a lot of free online courses mm. for like social media and content writing so and that stuff. they have paid stuff mm. but there's a lot of free stuff on here and it's like the lady who wrote um, Handmaid's Tale she's a contributor Neil Gaiman contributes like lots of big authors do contribute Ma- on this Margaret site Margaret Atwood Margaret Atwood that's it yeah that's be like Margaret Thatcher and what's <laughs> oh, no <laughs> so yeah this right okay Okay, let's do this what is narrative structure narrative structure which incorporates storyline and plot line is the organized (laughs) organizational framework of a story stories have a beginning middle and an end when all three of these story sections are individually compelling yet also work in concert with each other the resulted narrative is smooth and compelling Okay, so there are five types of narrative structure. Um, and this is this goes for novels, playwrights, and screenwriters. So these are basically lots of narratives will follow this structure, we just don't know they're doing this. Mm-hmm. So there's the linear plot structure. 
the, with a linear plot structure, events are presented in a chronological order. This doesn't mean characters can't recall the past, for instance, like the main character might see a flashback, but chronological elements are identified as such. So she's like, goes in order, basically. The majority of fictional works use linear plot structure, like Dan Brown and Margaret Atwood. The other type is non-linear plot structure. Events are introduced outside of their chronological sequence. First scene of a non-linear book or movie might actually be the last thing that happens chronologically. This is probably the kind of fiction you like. I was going to say, non-linear is like my jam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to read that whole thing. These are very big, long, detailed paragraphs that I am skimming. And this is obviously how you kind of use like unreliable narration as well when you have non-linear. Parallel pro- plot structure. In a parallel plot structure, multiple storylines unfold concurrently. Sometimes they intersect, as in Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities. Really fucking boring. <laughs> but I like that. I, basically, I like anything that's not linear. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I want. Uh, circular plot structure. In this structure, the story begin, ends where it began, as events eventually lead back to the imaginary event or actual scene that launched the tale. So an example of this is John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men. So that's obviously, yeah, another thing you like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interactive plot structure. In an interactive plot structure, plot structure, the story adjusts to the whims of the reader or viewer. One such, such example is Choose Your Own Adventures I was going to say, like, Goosebumps, Choose Your Own Adventures. Okay. I did not expect to get so excited by this. I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're like, you're like, this is a thing. I thought I'd just sit here and nod and yeah. be like, that's interesting, but no, I'm yeah. like, yeah! <laughs> okay, so there are different, so those are like, um, the different types of narrative structure. And then they fall into different categories of whether how this information is presented and there's different theories about this. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. So, I'm going to switch to, there's one that came with pictures and I felt like it would be more helpful. Basically, these are the elements that all stories have that are shared. Um, so there's the status quo, the protagonist is living some kind of normal life, quote marks, but has a greater desire or goal. This is the first part of the story. Then there's an, an inciting incident, which is like the catalyst for the events and sets the story in motion. You have rising action, which is like the protagonist pursuing their goal, which is why in writing, if you don't know what your character's end goal is, it's going to feel a bit weak. You're going to have to... It's got to be what drives them, even if it's just like, I am lonely and I'm touch-starved and I'm searching for connection. That could be the drive, but there needs to be a goal driving your character. Yeah. So, are we, uh, from what I've gathered from, like, right at top, mm. they... I did, obviously, there's probably more, but they always talk about two types of writers, mm. the plotters and the pantsers. So, the pantsers are the ones that just kind of... Well, they don't plot it as they go along. Yeah. But presumably they still have an end goal in mind. Yeah. Or it's serious pantsing. Uh, for me, for me, as I have, like, main things that I want to happen that I need to then make up the bit to get me there. Like, I know where this needs to go, and I just... So, yeah, so you're kind of, like, half in between, really. Oh, mm, uh, yeah. So you're plotting as in you have, like, goals to reach... Mm. But the I'm winging it in the middle, is, yeah. which is probably how I've gotten stuck so many times, but anyway. Um, so after rising action, which is the protagonist pursuing their goal, an all-is-lost moment, the protagonist believes they have failed, and then we have a resolution. So those are just like, most stories do actually follow this pattern, but then there's different structures. And I've got diagrams for you. I like diagrams. So this one's called Freytag's Pyramid, which is kind of very similar to that thing I've just described. So this is an interactive, Google it at home and have a look. 
So this is the I'm on the Reedsy blog. I love Reedsy. Uh, well, should we should we try and remember to include the links to this? Yeah. I've got that. I emailed them to myself, so I should have a record of them that I can just m- remember to send you. Reedsy's so good. So mm-hmm. I um, review books on there. Yeah, I signed up to be a reviewer and then never did it. Listed <laughs> as a editor on her. Cool. Just, just FYI, guys. Yeah, I do she does editing. Anyway. And copywriting and, and social media management yeah. and content creation. Just saying. She's a jack of all trades. <laughs> so, free tags pyramid. Uh, you've got introduction, in, introduction, introduction, <laughs> introduction, rise or rising action, climax, return or fall, and catastrophe. So this is mostly a tragedy formula that you'll find uh. in Greek plays. So there's the diagram. I don't know why it's called Free Tags Pyramid. Maybe it explains it. Um, oh, named after the 19th century. <laughs> named after the 19th century German novelist and playwright, Free Tags Pyramid is a five point dramatic structure that is the basic of classic Greek tragedies. Sof- 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 I can't say any of these words. Sophocles. Yeah, Euripides. And the one I can't say. Google it. <laughs> um. Okay, and I was then... going to offer, and then I remembered I can't pronounce anything, so I don't know what yeah. I was going to offer. <laughs> I almost showed it to you, and I was like, wait. That's just pointless. <laughs> so the structural model is used less frequently in modern storytelling, partly due to readers' limited appetite for tragic narratives, although there's still some tragic heroes in modern literature. So Arthur Miller, A View from the Bridge, is like a really modern-ish tragic hero story. If you... If you're gonna go down the Ponzi literature route. <laughs> what about the non-Ponzi literature route? Uh, I don't have any examples in <laughs> my head. But like, this is the whole come comes down to the Aristotle thing of like tragedy of like it's a man that like it, like his own he causes his own downfall, and that's the tragedy of it. Basically, mm-hmm. his own hubris yeah. causes his downfall. So I guess um, I guess maybe Achilles, Song of Achilles is. Yeah, an I example, and we said that's a retelling yeah. of a Greek myth. That some of Achilles would be a good example of that. Like it's Achilles' pride is what, shit. yeah, was what causes all the shit to go down. So the next one is the hero's journey. This is twelve steps: ordinary world, call to adventure, refusal of the call, meeting the mentor, crossing the first threshold, test allies, enemies, innermost cave, ordeal, reward, the road back, resurrection. Return with the elixir. All I'm thinking of with that is Lord of the Rings, which yeah, uh, so this lists Star Wars as an example. Yeah, um, as a modern example. Mm. So this recurs in mythology all over the world. Yeah, um, and then let me show you a little diagram. Although it's fairly, it's a circle. It's a circle, and it shows you which acts they should be happening. Yeah, that's cool. So the, uh, this is again; these all follow a three-act structure essentially, mm. but just in different ways. Um, and Reedy's blog shows you the three acts. It's very clever. Um, so, and then you've got the classic three-act structure, which is um, exposition, ex- inciting incident, plot point one, rising action, midpoint, plot point two, pre-climax, climax, denouement, um, and that's split into three acts. So. Oh, it's like a snake. Yeah, so it's yes. a wiggly up wiggly and down. Snake. So, like your midpoints and that, they're all inciting incident, midpoint, and climax are your three like peaks in the little wibbly, wibbly and they snake. get higher and higher. Yes. Um, higher, baby. And then um, 
So this is the whole, every story has a beginning, middle and end. Set up, confrontation and resolution, put simply. And I've got a little thing later for us to do the three-act structure. Ah. It's a game. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'm excited. So act one is set up, which is expositions, inciting incident, and then plot point one. Um, so exposition is basically like world, world setting. World setting building, up the story. Yeah. yeah introducing characters, etc. Um, yeah. I'm not going to go all through because there's, there's a lot there. So, but anyway, there's all the different, what each of those points means. And you'll find like most stories follow this. We will we'll share, share this. And there's also Dan Harmon's story structure, story Dan circle. Dan Harmon? Isn't he um, the animator? Yeah, yeah. the day of Rick and Morty. Yeah, <laughs> so it's actually got like, shots of Rick and Morty here as oh examples. Um, so one, they're in a zone of comfort. Two, but they want something. Three, they enter an unfamiliar situation. Four, adapt to it. Five, get what they wanted. Six, pay a heavy price. Seven, they return to their familiar situation. Eight having changed. Let me see the little. I just want to see the, the screenshots oh. of the episodes. Oh my god, that's so cool! So oh, that I is love an example that. of how it's used in modern storytelling. And that's like, yeah, that's a really recent one, yeah. and that shows it in a different form of storytelling. Yeah, I like that because the whole point is this is used. Everything uses this. Mm. Movies use it. Plays use it. Re- like they all use it. And as much as Ricky Morty does have its issues we love Rick and Morty I am um, well I don't know about you I, we as a people love the, Rick and Morty I really I don't know why the way the professor burps I struggle <gasps> with it oh uh, yeah he does that less as it goes on yeah I, I really struggle with it because I recently rewatched it all because of course I did yeah um, and I noticed that he does it less as it goes on yeah I really struggle with it in there and yeah. I couldn't get past it yeah. like literally the first line it's a really silly thing to get stuck on but no. I don't know why like literally the first line in the first episode he says like three words and then burps mm. yeah mm. and it was like this is the get 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 to the point get yeah. to the point so it's probably just <laughs> my brain no no it, it, um, I think that they realised they were probably mm. overdoing it and calmed it down a bit Okay, so this next one is fancy sounding. The Fitchian Curve. So this is rising action, but shown as like multiple rising points. Without rising to a crescendo. So it's like crisis, 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 climax, falling action. And then, so it begins immediately with rising action followed by a series of fast paced obstacles. Why are you laughing? Was... I don't know why, but I just suddenly remembered the storyline of Phantom of the Opera. Ring, <laughs> <laughs> you explained crisis, it to crisis. me like a few episodes. Well, not a few episodes. Yeah. Ring, you explained it to me in the previous episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just suddenly remembered it and it made me laugh all over again. Sorry. Please share, Please share me the curve. This is the Fitchian curve. Oh, it's like waves. Yeah. I like that. Wibbly, wibbly, wibbly. Shit goes down. <laughs> Which. <laughs> See, if I could have written that in my literature degree essays. <laughs> wibbly, 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 then shit, shit goes, goes down. down. <laughs> I'm sorry, I could have engaged a lot more yeah. with the material. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Like um, Gen, Gen Z essays, that's what they're yeah, like now. Basically. Um, so the Fitchian curve is a narrative structure that puts our main characters through a series of many obstacles on their way to achieving their overarching goals. The so goals are still at the centre of this. Similar to like Freytag's pyramid, 
which we covered earlier. Encourages authors to write narratives packed with tension and mini crises that keep the readers eager to reach the climax. Bypassing the ordinary world setup of other structures, the Fitchian curve starts with the inciting incident and goes straight into the rising action. So I think you'll find a lot of probably fantasy books do this. Mm. A lot of like when you know like the, the, the like the running joke on book talk of like when you start a new fantasy series and you're like I don't understand any of this because it's like there's no world building they just go straight into like shit happening in this world that you don't understand yeah yeah so fantasy books that do have the world building mm. at the beginning are usually are usually off recommended as beginner fantasy yeah because if you pick up ones that are like heavy fantasy it just yeah. tends to be like we're in the this middle of a conflict world. yeah and you have to work it out as you yeah. go along so like yeah. just your character moving through this world with the facts of that world but you're like i don't understand these facts of this world and i like that yeah obviously yeah. i like i like books with a bit more pace i really struggle with like slow paced books mm. essentially the adhd diagnosis is calling from inside the house it's like this is boring <laughs> So an example of fitching curve in modern is Everything I Never Told You. Oh by Celeste, Celeste Ling. Yeah, that's on my bookshelf. I keep picking it up. I actually picked it up recently and was like, No, I'll put that back for another day. Apparently this follows the fitching curve exactly and they've oh. they've they've written out here how the narrative does do that, but it's spoilers, so I won't go through that. But apparently it's a very good example. Oh. I wonder if the author did that on purpose. So this one's got a bit of a weird name. Save the cat, beat sheet. Beat sheet. Yeah. Save the cat, beat sheet. Beat sheet. Beat as in beat as in hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for people who can't see. We're just doing fist motions. <laughs> Natalie, I went with like beat up. Natalie went with beat one out. <laughs> <laughs> Smart episode, Natalie. <laughs> We're being serious. <laughs> We're doing narrative theory. <laughs> oh god! I'm still in smart top <laughs> Just the way you like deadpan, just sort of wanked the air at me. Like, Please. is this <laughs> my poor children? <laughs> okay, so numb. Save the cat. Beat sheet. Beat sheet. Okay. Um, Blake Snyder's beat sheet is the full name of that. Okay. I don't know who Blake Snyder is. I'm sure it's going to tell me later. So you've got opening image, image, theme started, set up, catalyst, debate, break into act two, promise of the premise, midpoint, bad guys close in, all is lost, dark night of the soul, break into act three, final image and then there's like a secondary story like b story which i'm sure it's going to explain down here let me show you the diagram of beating the cat which is just a wiggly line like the rest of them okay so yeah catalyst midpoint and act three are all the like peaks of the wiggles we should see if we could find an example of all these from what we've read not whilst we're recording i mean in our spare yeah. time that we both clearly have. Well, I am not going to commit to do that because <laughs> I'm lazy. <laughs> Fun fact, Save the Cat is named for a moment in the setup of a story, usually a film, where a hero does something to endear himself to the audience. Mm. 
Okay. How did that make sense? This is a framework created by Hollywood screenwriter Blake Snyder and has been widely championed by storytellers. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably... If you were into films, maybe it's someone you would know. But we are book bitches. While many structures are reluctant to prescribe exactly when in a story the various beats should take place, Snyder and Save the Cat has no qualms. (laughs) He's got a film called Save the Cat. Oh. It's very literal then. He's known through his Save the Cat trilogy of books on screenwriting. Oh, okay, so he's written like a bunch of books on this theory. He's got films as well, but yeah. Yeah, okay. He's got two films and then he's got a bunch, uh, a whole series of books called Save the Cat and they're about screenwriting theories. That makes sense. Cool. Thanks, Blake. Tom might check off drama stuff that no one knows that's a thing, but everyone uses it. Maybe. This is very much film narrative structure. Okay. So, like, opening image is the first shot of the film. Setup is establishing the ordinary world of your protagonist. Theme stated during the setup, hint of what the story is really about. The truth your protagonist will discover by the end. Catalyst inciting incident. Debate, the hero refuses the call to adventure. Breaking to two, the protagonist makes an active choice and the journey begins in earnest. B, story, a subplot kicks in, often romantic in nature. Oh, yeah. The protagonist's subplot should serve to highlight the theme. The promise of premise, midpoint, bad guys close in. Oh, I'm not going to go through all that. It's fairly self-explanatory from there. Some writers find this structure a bit too prescriptive, but it's incredible to see how many mainstream stories seem to adhere to it either by design or coincidence. And there's a Save the Cat website where they list all the films that do this. So, Save the Cat. Films and novels. Ah. Oh, so. Now you, I'm if, back on being interested. So yeah, you can go have a look. They've listed them out. So we could actually check that list maybe and see which one we've actually read. <laughs> We're nearly there. Seven point story structure. Hook, plot point one. Pinch point one. Midpoint, mid, pinch point two. Plot point two, resolution. And that's a different wiggly one. Oh, the, this wiggle goes up. It, at the it end. ends at an up instead yeah, of a down. I like that one. So this is a slightly detailed adaptation of the hero's journey. The seven-point story structure focuses specifically on the highs and lows of a narrative arc. This is according to author Dan Wells, who developed the seven-point story structure. Apparently, when you're writing this, you're supposed to start at the end with the res- resolution and work their way back to the starting point, the hook. With the ending in mind, they can have the protagonist and plot begin in the state that best contrasts the finale, since the structure is all about dramatic changes from beginning to end. Hmm. So. That's my thing with diagrams. So why is narrative structure important? Narrative Narratives tell stories, and stories help connect us with each other. They are written to entertain and to share experiences with the reader. Narratives can be written in many mediums, such as novels, short stories, poems, diaries, and even biographies. Narrative structure is an important tool in a writer's arsenal, as it allows them to grab the audience's attention and keep them engaged. And just by, obviously, telling the story with these certain tension points, can keep keep your reader interested. Then I've got this other thing that you can have different types of the drive behind a narrative so you do have plot driven narratives where the focus is on the plot and paying attention to the events that lead like occurring your story to lead you to your resolution plot driven narratives are um exciting action-packed and fast-paced compel the reader to keep reading and find out what will happen next so this is probably what you and i what definitely may prefer to read and then you have character driven na- narratives like character vibes mm. so character driven narratives that i thought was going to be and it. just just general vibes just all about the vibes. I don't know. <laughs> so, the ones char- that have no real plot, <laughs> yeah. that have vibes. No plot, but 
but vibes. Vibes with the characters. So this yeah. is this one. When your story's focus is on characters, you should, should explore how a character arrives at a particular choice. Mm. Character-driven narratives tend to focus more on internal conflicts than external ones, such as an internal interpersonal struggle of characters. Yeah, I like that. So when you're writing a character-driven story, you've got to pay extra attention towards developing interesting, realistic and charismatic tra- characters. Uh, the plot might be simple use less to create action and more to develop the character's arc so again this is all kind of you basically yeah but you still to make need to make sure your characters are actually doing something yeah i mean i really like um slice of life which mm. generally is kind of plotless so this is like basically the rule of thumb for every scene with these would be what's the worst thing that can happen to my character right now? If I throw it at them, how would they respond? As a result, your plot will tie into your character's narrative arc. So the slice of life is still like something is happening in that slice yeah. of life. Yeah. Got a final bit and then we're on to the fun bit. Right, stop, stop talking as much. Because <clears throat> I have enjoyed this part more than I thought of it. Yeah. What is the difference between a narrative and a story? They are a different thing. What's the difference between narrative and storytelling? Interesting. interesting question. Okay. Because I would have assumed they were the same thing. Writing uses several terms that can be applied to both general and specific things. In the case of the word story and narrative, both can be used to describe something similar in a general sense, but something narrower when being specific. Basically, a story is what happens in a narrative, and narrative is how the story is told. As with most writing, the main factor in understanding the difference between story and narrative comes through context. The word story describes the overall arc of a set of scenes, sequence of scenes significant, and can be something as simple as relating a personal anecdote with a beginning, middle and end. Meanwhile, narrative can be defined as the flow of of events used to relate a certain theme. The way a personal anecdote is told, what aspects of the story are emphasised, and the words used to relate it, and are, are all the features of the narrative. So, I'm not sure if that makes that clear. No, that's still the same thing to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, basically... Dumb it down for me. Story is the actual story. So, the beginning, middle, and end Uh of... I went to the coffee shop. They gave me the wrong order. I was sad. Okay, yeah. Whereas, narrative is how I relate those events to you, that series of events to you. So, I could twist that. Oh. So, I don't know. I went to the coffee shop. It was really busy. They, they didn't care. My order was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had a really bad day. Now I'm sad. I don't know. Like, that's not a very good example, but that's basically yeah, the difference. Or you could be like, I went to the coffee shop. It wasn't very busy, mm. but there was a new person on the tour. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I get yeah. yeah. So they hit the same story point, yeah. but are told differently. So they can also have, there's like, I couldn't find it in, because I only had, had half an hour to sort this out yesterday <laughs> in the end. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, also this kind of thing of like there is a difference between you can have two levels so you have your narrative which is like the relate the like how the events are told and your stories there's two different lines that run parallel the actual story is i went on an adventure i found the treasure like yeah, yeah but narrative is how you relate those events so your narrative might start with i found the treasure i've entered the world flashback to how we got started so that's how you can have like mo- many stories, yeah, that many books that have the same story but different narrative. narratively. How it's related yeah. to you, basically, narrative is a nar- narration. How is it narrated to you? Yeah, yeah, how yeah. is the story told to you? But the story is like that. So there's two different levels. When if you were to really get nerdy about planning your book, 
yeah, that's how you would do it. The actual story is how did we get from A to B? Like this is, and then the narrative is how you tell how you got to A to, mm-hmm. from A to B. Okay, yeah. So I thought that was kind of, and I talked for a surprisingly like long time then, but I feel like I that was it. actually really informative. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I'm mm. a genius. Okay, so I enjoyed that. I iPad didn't down. expect to enjoy it so much. I know I'd learn, but I didn't expect to enjoy it. Oh, it's very warm, and we're approaching the time where you start to get sleepy. That is true, yeah. And uh, so far, you don't look as sleepy. (laughs) I did just have a coffee. Yeah, with our crack cocaine coffee that we have in this house, which Mm -hmm. is strong. (laughs) Okay, so what I've done, we're going to do like a sort of mini three-act structure kind of thing. Okay, yeah. So I've done us set-up cards, so like setting the situation yeah the world building yeah and then the incident the inciting incident okay and then i thought we could then make up like the climax and the resolution from there okay yeah yeah. Yeah, so we like finish the story okay so pick your setup these are real random and i don't even know it's gonna work so let's find out i'm really into it already okay it's my handwriting move to a new town okay so that's your setup okay and then this is the inciting incident. Me a vampire. Uh, hot girl moves in next door. Okay, so... She's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got the setup. Yeah. And then you've got your inciting incident. So that's the challenge for your character. We're just okay. going to get the chain, the chain of events going. Yeah. So what, what was the climax of your story and what's your resolution? She's a vampire. Okay. <laughs> That's your complex. She's a vampire. She's a vampire. She's a hot new girl next door. She's a vampire. She's a vampire. Um, and then we need a resolution. Mm-hmm. Mm. I guess to follow the vein of many another vampire book, our main character mm-hmm. has to become a vampire to save their life. So that would be your your like little mini crises mm-hmm. and the things that would lead them up to concluding that oh that's cute i like that okay so i'll do one as yeah, yeah, your turn do you want me to fan them out or are you just gonna grab yourself <laughs> right shout out to my mum who cut these out for me yeah just had a kid great <laughs> that is my setup okay and then this is the incident. I do kill people in some of these incidents, so... <laughs> Not the kid, though, because I thought it would get a bit dark. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, hot guy moves in next time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just had a kid, but no one says that you are with your partner. Well, I was going to put that then he leaves you, but I oh. thought that would be a bit on the nose. <laughs> well, you can have that anyway. <laughs> Uh, my my protagonist is going to be single. Hot guy moves in next door, and she's like, "Well, I just had a baby. Just got over a relationship. I can't." And then he's like, really nice and always there for her. And she's like, "But no." And then they get together, mm. and there's lots of lovely sexual tension. Enemy like friends, lovers, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like he comes over and helps her like build a crib and stuff like that. And then she's like, "You shouldn't be doing this," and then cuts him off for a yeah. bit because he's like, "I don't want to lead him on." Yeah. I'm not looking for a baby daddy. Perfection. In stories only, not in real life. Right. 
You're such a thing. <laughs> okay. I don't know how long this will be fun for. Let's do it at least one more. Let's, let's do it until it's not fun. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. A hero with a sad origin story getting started. So this is like they're, when they're like picking out the costume. <laughs> what I was picking in my head. Yeah, okay, picking go in on. My head. Picking out the costume, they're th- picking out this their superhero name. Moth girl. Okay, go. <laughs> okay, and then this is your inciting incident. No. Bully is... Oh my God. <laughs> I like how you're not even sure. Bully is aggravating them. Oh. There's a That's what that word is. Aggravating. It looks kind of like gravity, but it's aggravating. <laughs> so... As a bully, and I'm a hero. You could have an enemy. Am I going to be a hero? <laughs> Hello, I was more thinking: is it heroic to kill the bully? <laughs> mean. Oh, <laughs> the bully then begun becomes my arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. They become a super villain, and the ending is they get crushed to death by their own invention that was made to wipe out the world. I really wish I didn't have a mouthful of water when you did that. <laughs> like, crushed to death as you're about to take a drink. I mean, it's not quite vampire orgy, which is where we ended up last time. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we had some good ones that time. All right, so let's do one more setup, and then I think I'm going to make you throw a ball for a bit. Oh, okay. And I have a little call back to our 30th, I think it was. Yeah. Because it's, it's like 15 episodes on from there, I which know, is right? weird. That's crazy. That was the first time we did like a game, wasn't mm. it? A game episode. Well, uh, D&D was technically a game, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've started at a new school. Mm. <laughs> like, why am I fanning them I for don't you? Know. I'm not doing a lot. <laughs> a storm happens. <laughs> so I start at a new school and a storm happens. Oh, so I'm going to do uh, the Misfits plot. Yeah, I was going to say, it better give you magical powers. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Misfits storyline. So it's going to give me magical powers. Uh, and then I have to hide them from everyone because not everyone got the powers. Mm. And then I'm struggle to cope with my new powers and that my newfound. And then I get like a bit too cocky because I'm like more powerful than all of you. And then I sort of go in a bit of a villain arc for a bit before I realise I'm a dick. And then um, I save the day in some way. What would your power be, do you think? I have a fly, I'll turn invisible. Mm. Or hear thoughts, but then mm. I don't know about that one. If you could turn it off. Yeah. I liked Misfits, especially the first season. First couple of seasons. And then it's yeah. about series three, it sounds get weird. And when they start to get the new characters, it's yeah. the same as skins. Like yeah. Just don't, don't swap out the cast, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love it with um, Thingy. Nathan, yeah. The guy from, he's now in Umbrella Academy. Um, when, because he doesn't find out his power for ages. Yeah. And, when he's, and like, he's determined, he's oh like, maybe God. I could do this, maybe I could do that. His character Klaus is the same. Oh my God. Yeah. just realised that. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. When you see him in interviews, I love him. He's just so unapologetically <sighs> him. And there was like, so I saw a, a, an interview where like someone had done a bit of like research and basically found everything he's ever done. And then she like listed it in this thing. And he was like, shit, I didn't even know I'd done that much. <laughs> and like one of his like fellow people in Umbrella Academy, they were, she was like, have you ever had a day off? 
Like, can you calm down? Yeah, like, when you go on his Wikipedia, it's surprisingly big. Because when I've talked about him with people, um, they're like, oh, he hasn't done much since Misfits. He's done fucking loads. He's done plays for him, films, like, so much stuff, which I didn't realise before Umbrella Academy. I love his character in Umbrella Academy. That's another one I've started again, so I've watched the new season. Because this is how I roll, apparently. Well, you've got a very short-term memory. Oh my gosh, don't I? Yeah. So So I don't know how with books I space out series so well. I don't know. I find that I have a different memory for books events. Mm. Because like I like when especially when I was doing like literature, like everyone would be like we'd be talking about a book and they'd be like, oh, Well this bit's never explained. I was like, Yeah, they do explain it, it's in the middle of the book. This and happens. Chapter four, and then this happens. Happen, yeah. And they're like How mm. do you remember that? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I get, when I'm walking around with my son in the village, yeah. we'll go to different places, and then I remember, like, a, the audiobook I was listening to, yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah, and then this happened when yeah. I was standing right here. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I like him in Umbrella Academy. I like Klaus. Yeah. I just want Klaus I don't think he's ever played a character that, I've not seen him in mm. everything, obviously, but I've never seen him play a character I haven't loved. He's, he's always just like such the lovable, a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. And his accent is so good. <sighs> that that just turned into a I can't remember his name, but a I know we just talked about how much we like him for ages, and neither of us can remember his name. I'm gonna find a, something we can use as a ball because I yeah. if I go downstairs, I will slack up the dogs a bit too much. I have two dogs. Have I ever discussed that in the podcast? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, just, just wait. Once or twice. I have a um, a world map ball ball. Robert Sheehan, Robert that's Sheehan. it. Why was I thinking like Nathan? Because that's his name in Misfits. Oh, okay. Okay, Yeah. I think that's his name in Misfits, isn't it? Yeah, I really want to watch the new season of Umbrella Academy because I want to see how they approach Elliot. Oh, it's really well and done. it's supposed to be really, yeah, I heard it was supposed to be really well done. Well, I think that's why, that's why, um his character like comes out the season before as gay because it kind of correlated to Elliot's Page's journey I've not seen that season but Mm. I know that yeah yeah so I think they did correlate it to like his journey I've only seen season one but yeah like everyone that's spoken about it on TikTok have said they've they've done it Mm. really well it's just it's almost kind of it's it's discussed but not (sighs) it's not a big deal it's it's not a big deal, but not in a dismissive way. Yeah, it's just okay. Yeah, just an ex- accept acceptance okay. kind of way, yeah. basically, like how it could be handled well, kind mm. of thing, basically. I do wish that he would have a better hairstyle. I'm not sure about he, the bowl cut I know situation. I know he's still finding his place. Yeah, but bowl cut but is a hard look to, to pull off. Someone needs to. He needs to go to a stylist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bowl cut is is a difficult look like, to. Well. You're a handsome dude. Yeah. Come on, show it <laughs> off. <laughs> but, you know, te- teenagers all have to go through that bowl cut look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was, like, the era, like, it might not have happened for you, but, like, you remember in, like, the fourth Harry Potter film when none of the boys got a haircut? Yeah. That was happening in real life. Yeah. I swear to you, no boys got a haircut that year. No. Like, every single picture, every single boy is shaggy, shaggy, weird, combed eyes. over. Yeah. Like, it was slightly emo, but not fully. But everyone did doing it, though. it. Yeah. So exactly. like, even the popular boys were having this weird emo fringe long hair. Um, 
like Justin Bieber and Zac Efron mm. had similar hair at the same time, didn't they? It was so... the era no man got a haircut, basically. Mm. Well, no boy. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, so... have you seen, oh, have this happened to you yet? On TikTok. That era coming up as nostalgia from Gen Z. I, I've seen a lot of Y2K stuff coming mm. up and I'm like, this is how bad fast fashion has got that our circulation has got so yeah. small now. Yeah, it shouldn't have happened this fast. No. Like there was Twilight Core. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but that's literally just a long sleeve shirt and leggings. And mm. that was her aesthetic in Twilight. Why like, are people doing this core? It's nothing. Yeah, right? like canvas shirts. Yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> like army surplus outfits, which is like weird. And also not what Bella wears in the books. Like, oh my God, you know that woman on TikTok who does all of the yeah. Twilight stuff? She just did a one recently where she was like, just a reminder, this is what Edward was wearing in the meadow in the books. Because <laughs> he was wearing yeah. a white sleeveless shirt. Oh my unbuttoned. God. <laughs> And every now and then she's on TikTok, she pops up again and she's like, just a reminder, he was wearing this in the meadow. <laughs> it's like also someone was like, so Gen Z were like ragging on the whole Volvo thing. Mm. And like we were like, you don't understand the Volvo in the books is like such a big deal. Yeah. And he had this Volvo and the actual car they're talking about is the least sexy or impressive car in the world. It's so hyped uh, in the books. You know, like Stephanie Mayer. Yeah. Her brothers are called Jacob and Edward and she's a stand-in for Bella but she's Mormon so oh sorry <laughs> don't know if that was so it's okay I don't know if I'm going to offend people when I say that <laughs> I mean they don't have a great reputation and mm-hmm. shit like that does not help you watch that documentary Sweet Keeps Sweet and Pray and Obey or that no that sounds like a name that I would not think of picking up mad it's all about like the Mormon some of the Mormon, one of the, one of the Mormon cults, basically. Is it about people that have escaped and they talk about it? Kind of. That these people are still, like, not really even been prosecuted and stuff. And just It's just, like, at the height of it, how bad it was um, and how unregulated it was. I mean, just like you don't believe that could go on in the modern world, but... I mean, America, are look you in again? America, they're, they're in the 50s at the moment. Uh-huh. So. Um, yeah, and also that... Twilight Lady mm. pointed out that the whole four book series actually takes place across two years. Yeah. And the first book actually only takes place across a week. Yeah. When you actually break down the timeline of some of it, it's like, no. <laughs> I. She spent more months going literally insane and missing him than she did. Did. They were actually together. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like in love with her. I mean, that whole thing, mm. putting that aside. But he's like obsessively in love with her, saving her life. And her mum's all like, he's perfect for you. In the space of a week, mm-hmm. all that shit happens. And Charlie, because obviously book Charlie is a bit shit. And yeah. movie Charlie is absolute fucking bad. I love movie, he movie is Charlie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, book Charlie is just like, yeah, all this shit's happening in a week. Cool. Uh, yeah. What? I know, you, I know you've been portrayed as a bit of an absentee father, yeah. but... <laughs> I think there's one point he's like, you can't, like, you're grounded or something. I think he, like, does a yeah. half-assed attempt at looking like a parent. I think that's when she they run off because she mm. has to argue with him or whatever. Then. Mm. And then she yeah. Really, yeah. yeah, I'm just like, oh, that's crazy. Thanks for mentioning all these things that my brain deleted. Yeah. Especially, like, I think, like, because I recently reread Twilight... I think when I read his costume in the meadow, my brain just decided, nope, and put him in a different costume. I, d- I just don't even remember that yet. No. Yeah. 
Anyway. Every now and then I rewatch those films, though, just for the nostalgia. I love the films. <laughs> Nick won't watch them with me. He refuses, and I'm like, you're so sexist. We can watch them together. I think it's sexist that you won't even try them. You can't hate on it if you've not tried just it. Just because women liked it. I mean, they are shit, but at least, like, watch them and then decide they're shit. Yeah, but, like, you you can go into them knowing they're shit. Yeah. It's entertainment. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be good. Anyway. Right. Oh. Oh. We'll do a quick, we'll do one, like, throw thing. Because we actually tangent for long enough to cover oh, us. That was a big old At least we've book related. Yeah. Fine. At least it was on on topic. Mm. Right. Tell me. So we should we do Once Upon a Time again? Let me get again? closer. <laughs> should we do Once Upon a Time? Maybe? Or and then? Which one? Which one? Which is like when we do line by line. We'll do the line by line. Okay. And then. And then. That one. Yeah. Okay. Alright. A vampire walks into a meadow and then. <laughs> he unbuttons his sleeveless white shirt and then. Um, we're just gonna do Twilight. <laughs> just gonna do Twilight now. Uh, and then he starts to sparkle. <laughs> Decided it wasn't sparkling enough and put on some more glitter. And then. <laughs> and then he put on some bronzer with some glitter in. <laughs> so he wasn't as pale. So <laughs> That is a good question, right? In the book, she says, I need white. Oh, yeah, because of the melatonin. But anyway, my. It's bullshit. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I just assumed that's what you were going to talk about. No, so I just popped in there, but <laughs> I was just wondering. Right, okay. If they put fake tan on, would it cover the glittery skin? In Twilight, in particular. Or... Yeah. They what makes their skin glitter in the sun? Could they just paint over it? Because it's hard like diamonds, which don't glitter. Um. I mean, they do put makeup on, don't they? Yeah. Like, don't they put some on Bella to make her look a little bit more alive in Midnight Sun after her baby birth kills her? Thanks for nightmares. I mean... Also, spoiler for a very old book film. <laughs> <laughs> when you learn that the author is Mormon and she wrote a woman, like, literally dying to give birth. Um, it all made and why? And that mm. the 100,000 whatever year old man won't, won't sleep with her until they get married. To save her soul. To save her soul. Because he was going to turn into a vampire and that will kill her soul. So he's like, just the one sin, please. What? (laughs) I haven't read, um, what do you call it? Yeah, I really need to. The one from his point of view. Oh my god, yeah. That's Midnight Sun, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't have it. I've just lied. Do I have it? I pre-ordered it because I I was quite excited about reading it and then have yet to pick it up. Same I, as that ballad of songbirds and <laughs> that's becoming something. a film scene. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. The film. Okay, come on. All right. Okay. Um, Let's. Start, you, I'll start again. Please we'll, put bronzer on. Oh, or are we gonna start? We'll start fresh. Yeah, because right, yeah. we just got distracted by Twilight again. Uh, a fairy <laughs> walks into a wood <laughs> and then. <gasps> 
<laughs> I don't think our brains are working. <laughs> we might have to give up. No, I'm just thinking of like stories that are already things <laughs> as well. And then he picks up the scent of a human and then So calling back to the the story structure thing. This is our inciting incident. Mm. Oh yeah. He was like sniffy sniffy. Sniffy sniffy. He does super fast fairy running to the human who's like, oh shit, you're a fairy. And then <laughs> Um And then he <laughs> I should go down slowly. Just just make it weird. <sighs> and then he bites her. And then <laughs> Wait, do I say the impulsive thought? Yeah. <laughs> I can't because it's because of who edits this podcast. I can't say it. She says, "Yes, please, more, Daddy." <laughs> that was the impulse thought. <laughs> oh my gosh! Poor editor. <laughs> First smut talk week, and now this. Um, <laughs> And then the fairy is like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I am not your father. I am not your father. <laughs> um, and then... <laughs> She's like, why are you biting me anyway? You're not a vampire. What's going on? And then... <laughs> um, he's like, bitch, you don't know your mythology. <laughs> And then he drains her of all of her blood. <laughs> and then. Oh, I did two and then. It's fine. She comes back as a fairy. <laughs> oh, nah, she enough. dies. Let's kill her. <laughs> <laughs> the end. The end. Uh, so did that help demonstrate narrative structure? Was that useful for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> but that was, I'm so sure, fun to listen to. That was, so that was. Right, we're going to make it sophisticated. The Fitchian curve, the uppy daddy one, we had multiple crisis points leading to the climax, which was like her nearly di- her dying. And then... The, there's not really much of a resolution, though. It's just like... Oh, and, and then the fairy buried her and moved on. Resolution reached. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it's going to be a trilogy. Come it's back a, to the sequel. It's a slice of life. A day in the life of a fairy. <laughs> Very vampire hybrid. Is there... I want a book about a fairy that drains blood now. Is there one? No. No, because that's vampires, so... I feel like they really have a mythology for things that bite things. So why would you make another thing that bite things? Although, in um, Akatar, Tamlin bites Feyre. Very good. But fairies, like, actual fairies. Actual fairies. Actual fairies. Sorry, let's get um, the facts straight. Actual fairies. Uh, like, quite... A lot of them are quite, like, evil and stuff, Vicious. Like, yeah. yeah. In, like, actual mythology. So there must be a type of fairy that drains blood. Yeah, it must be. I'm going to find it, and I'm going to write a monster romance it. about it. Okay. There's you your ball. <laughs> Thank you. I have my ball back, which is actually just a shopping bag. <laughs> oh, oh, well, God. we learnt stuff today kids yeah <laughs> boys and girls that's narrative structure yeah. do you feel 
Like you learned something. We're just We're like, squeezing. Sesame Street episode. Yay! Well Yay! done. You made it to the end of the episode. Well done. You deserve a prize after that. Yeah. Um, uh, just we just need to make sure I get my money's worth out of my degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just gonna just pepper this in. We need to start doing that for me. Mm. We need to work out how I can start talking Did about urban planning <laughs> and architecture. <laughs> Maybe you remember you read that book that was like all about architecture and like how we it... need to do a non-fiction episode. Then I yeah. can just talk about the books I've been reading. That are and then I, it's my turn to nod friendly. and make books with like mm, noises. <laughs> or oh, I should do an episode where I talk about the planning of towns that have maps in books. Oh, that's a good idea. Urban planning, okay. fantasy edition. <laughs> Oh, really There's good... got to be a tavern. That'd make a really good TikTok series. Yeah, it would. I'm just gonna, just gonna make a note. <laughs> There's got to be a tavern, an apothecary. Oh my gosh, yeah. And a a, a church or sanctuary, yeah. some sort of, some religious, sort of religious, yeah, thing. Okay, cool. All um, right, <laughs> right. We'll see you next week. Please, please. Review, give us a little star rating or a comment wherever you listen to your podcast or share it Subscribe, for us. We would love that. We've also got Instagram, which we just crossed 100 followers. Oh my god, yes! Yay! I know, I put up on my story and I was like, hey, we're always at 100 followers. And then next time I looked, we were. And I was like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, follow us on Instagram. We've got a website you can check out the website we usually have a suggestion box so if there's things you would like yeah. us to talk about obviously please use that please because otherwise you'll just get more madness like this I yeah mean, i mean it was maybe that's what people want <laughs> i mean it was relatively structured to begin it with it just it just it just had our usual brand of <laughs> our usual brand we talked about our broken out. backs for 13 minutes before we started <laughs> oh my god and then there was another tangent in the middle maybe mm-hmm. we'll take the broken backs out and then just leave the middle tangent but maybe it all flows nicely. Are we breaking the fourth wall a bit too much here? Hi. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. We will see you next week. Love you as a friend. Um, I've decided we're on a break. Um, we're no longer friends. We're no longer more than friends. We're on a break. I need I need some space. All right. <laughs> Rachel Green. <laughs> <Right>. Bye. <laughs>